You're listening to Hope on the Homefront, the official podcast for Homefront Heroes Ministries. I'm your host, Taylor Blackburn. We're a group of military wives on a mission to help you find joy in your journey. We're jumping in the trenches to encourage you when you're struggling, help you grow in your faith, and support you through military life. Because here, you are seen. Here, you're essential. Here, you are never alone. Welcome home. Let's go. Well, hello, friends. Welcome back to our summer series of the podcast. Thanks for sharing a little piece of your day with me. I'm sure for some of you, that means a little dirty laundry sitting beside you, maybe some tiny ones running around. And I'm just going to encourage you and say, way to go for showing up. Um, Let those little ones see you taking care of your heart, giving yourself exactly what it needs today. Don't worry about the laundry, maybe fold it alongside me as we dig in together. Um, But let's get started in our summer series. Remember, this is a five episode series. So if you haven't listened from our last episode, our introduction to the series, it's a good time to maybe pause and go back uh, because we're digging in a little deep today and you want to make sure you've gotten the rundown before you jump in. All right. So in our last episode, we introduced this theme, the summer series of going through our faith asking God to reveal our heart condition and to reveal his character. And we're doing that by inviting the Lord to reveal to us the weeds, if you will, that have been planted into our heart. And those can be several things. Those can be uh, half truths that we believe about God. Those can be things that we're just wrestling over in his word um, or his character. Maybe you're wondering if he really is good. Maybe you're struggling in your faith or you're just in a hard season. Um, maybe that's something that you're not letting go of that, you know, God is asking you to let go of, and maybe you're not sure. So that's what we're going to jump into today is how does God reveal these weeds to us? What does he do and how does he allow us to be pressed so that when we're pressed, the things that are inside of us reveal themselves? Okay. So I see this a lot in in God allowing us to go through trial. So let's pause there. And that's going to be kind of our headline for this episode is our weeds. The condition of our heart is revealed in trial. And I think trial is the place as believers or even new believers, seasoned believers, whatever it is, wherever you are in your faith, trial is a place where we can start to get stuck with God's goodness. Sometimes it's hard to reconcile the two. But what I want to dig into today is that God allows us to go through trial and it absolutely reveals that his character is 100% good. So stick with me and let's dig in. So Our biggest question is why we think, did we do something wrong? Are we getting punished? Um, Is God mad at me? Why is he allowing me to struggle? And I don't know about you, but as soon as a trial begins, like I show up in a hard duty station or, you know, um, we're getting orders somewhere that maybe I am not excited about, whatever it is, maybe not even military related, but I'll start to really amp up my faith. And I'm thinking, okay, Lord, you're, you're going to deliver me. You're not going to make me suffer. <laughs> I believe God don't make me feel this pain. And my, my faith just amplifies. Right. 
But really the root of that is that I don't want to be uncomfortable and I'm counting on God and his goodness to not allow me to go through an uncomfortable situation. Can you relate? So how does trial reveal our, our weeds? And it's basically, we're going to jump into two things. The first thing is that it allows us to know the condition of our heart. And then second is it allows us to see the character of God. So let's dig into that first point first is it allows us to see the condition of our heart. And I hear so often among all kinds of circles, faith-based circles and, and, you know, maybe other that God wants me to be happy. And so we use this in our decision-making. We use this as a fuel to our faith. We use this. And I think that's what actually is the wedge between reconciling God's good goodness and his willingness to allow us to go through hard circumstances. But the truth is that God is too good to put our happiness in front of our salvation or our comfort before our sanctification, before our refinement or his work in our heart to produce righteousness of Christ within us. God is too good to allow us to continue to be comfortable if it compromises our relationship with him. When we think of this garden theme, that would just be like, if you're like me and you don't love gardening or maybe you love it and you're just not very good at it, you want to love it. That would just be like cutting the leaves off the top of the weeds so that the garden looks good, but never actually getting into the root of the problem. God is good. And because he is good, he gets in to those weeds. He gets down to the root and he allows it to be completely removed. Even if that's painful as it comes to the surface, even if that's messy as it comes to the surface, so that the weed doesn't have the opportunity to return and to continue to taint the garden. God is good. When we're looking at the book of Hebrews, which we're kind of staying in the book of Hebrews, Hebrews for this theory, uh, this series, um, Hebrews 12 says, endure suffering as discipline. God is dealing with you as sons for what son is there that a father does not discipline. But if you are without discipline, discipline, which all receive, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. For we had human fathers discipline us and we respected them. Shouldn't we submit even more to the father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time based on what seemed good to them. But he does it for our benefit so that we can share in his holiness. No discipline seems enjoyable at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Therefore, strengthen your tired hands and weaken knees and make straight the paths of your feet so that what is lame may not be dislocated, but healed instead. Endure suffering as discipline that sticks with me. It yields a peaceful fruit of righteousness that sticks with me. That reveals the condition of my heart when I allow and embrace the goodness of God in trial, right? So we share in his holiness. It's not perfection. It's righteousness. It's not about making us perfect. It's about making us like Christ and entering into his grace. 
That's what matters to God. So out of his goodness, he allows us to be pressed. So it look, we're, we're revealing our heart condition. And this is how, when we're pressed, we see what's inside of us. I think as military wives, our circumstances are often just challenging. And let me just say, I think there are so many beautiful things about this life, but as much as there is beauty and opportunity and celebration, it's equally as hard and challenging. And that hardship, I think just starts to become normal, either that, or we enter into this like survival autopilot detachment mode where we just kind of forget that what we're doing is hard. And it's actually not even normal for the, uh, God's plan for even like marriage and all of those things, right? It's not normal. So one of the seasons that we were in, um, I had just had my third daughter, my husband, we had just arrived at our duty station. We had only been there less than six months. We had only attended a church together like three times. I didn't really know anyone. I had a lot of friends around close by and I was pregnant with our third little one. And she was due, of course, the day my husband was scheduled to deploy because that's just how it works, right? Um, blessing in disguise, she came early, so he was able to have some time with her. But nevertheless, he still deployed very shortly, you know, within three weeks of her being born. She had um, some complications. And so one of those weeks we spent in the NICU uh, with her. So just exhaustion um, was pouring over both of us. So he left and um, I took the baby out with my two other little ones to see family for a good portion of the summer um, to have some support and some help and, you know, just the, the joy of family around us. And I remember we kept a countdown for our two older girls so that they could, you know, have a countdown to see when daddy was coming home. And one day in particular, even with the support of family and friends around me, um, it was really hard on my middle daughter, who was only two at the time, um, and she was just losing it, okay, like losing it all the time. And I remember looking at the calendar, and it was night 67 of a 270-something day deployment. And night 67 felt like it had taken ages to get there. I was already defeated, exhausted, tired and losing my patience quickly. And I just remember thinking that I still have another 200 days of days like this, 200 days. And that felt daunting to me. So I think what uh, part of the struggle for my two-year-old was that we actually did leave home and we ended up coming back a little earlier than we planned uh, from visiting family to just to get her back in a normal routine and her, familiar environment um, and give her a little bit of stability in amongst all the change. Um, and so I was back alone at the house and this was probably day, maybe 125 that I just was so overwhelmed that day. And the two-year-old and the four-year-old had been fighting for what felt like 175 days straight. My, um, little tiny baby, uh, we realized later had a dairy allergy, but we hadn't identified that yet. And so 
what we thought was colic was just hours and hours of screaming, you know, crying. I would do bath time and dinner with a tiny little baby in the carrier just so that she could settle herself. And um, I was thrown up on a lot, right? And in the midst of all that, my husband's not even in a combat zone. He's on a rotation to Korea. And I'm dealing with feelings of um, resentment and jealousy of his freedom and fear that he's not going to want to come back to my mess and chaos. And, you know, he's out to dinner with friends and he's seeing this cool country and, um, you know, I'm just struggling. I'm struggling to be happy for him, even though I really want to be happy for him. It's not his fault. So all of those things are pressing down and weighing on me and the two and two-year-old and the four-year-old are screaming and fighting with each other. And, um, I remember just getting up off the couch and just losing myself, like losing my patience and really not even recognizing the words or the sound that was coming out of my mouth. Um, and my, my two-year-old and my four-year-old looked back, you know, looked over at me coming over to them in the living room and they just got up and started running. And it was the first time, um, my kiddos have ever looked at me with fear in their eyes. And that was heartbreaking. Um, and my two-year-old, she got up to run away so quickly that she ran into the edge of the wall. She was looking back over her, her shoulder as she ran away from me. And she ran into the side of the wall and just smacked her face so badly against the corner. Um, and I just bursted into tears, uh, just feelings of um, guilt and disappointment in myself and a heartbreak over, you know, the state that I had just allowed myself to be in and the ultimate secondary harm that I had caused to this tiny little two-year-old who's simply just trying to understand what's going on in her world. And I know that some of you other mamas have been there. And I walked into the kitchen and just tears rolling down my face, just thought, Lord, how could you let me be a mother? You know, how could you allow me to nurture these babies? I can't do this. This is, I'm, this is not, I can't. And I remember thinking, oh, tomorrow is a new day. His mercies are due. His mercies are new tomorrow. Tomorrow I'm going to be a good mom. Tomorrow I'm going to be patient. I wrote some reminders down on my whiteboard in my kitchen, reminders to motivate me to listen, to lean in, to slow down, uh, to be calm and to connect with them. All these little rhythms that I could remind myself. And as I was doing that, I just felt the Lord so gently just tap me and say, Ashley, it's not about choosing to be good tomorrow. It's about becoming like me. We can choose and wrestle with that, that flesh back and forth, back and forth over and over again and feel like we constantly have this weight sitting on our chest that we constantly have to act against. That's not what God has intended for you. God has promise to transform our heart, to transform our mind. And so what was happening is I was being pressed. And in the midst of all of that, I was, God was revealing to me the condition of my heart and I was firm in my faith. I love the Lord, but I still had weeds that were piling up over me that I needed to lay at his feet 
Some of those were sin. Some of those, most of those things were just fear that I wasn't fit for the circumstances I was in. Insecurity over being separated from my husband and having him leave when I was three weeks postpartum and seeing the freedom or the perceived freedom that I thought he was experiencing and the jealousy coming over me and driving a wedge, a potential wedge in our marriage while we were separated. God is is good to allow us to root all of that to come to the surface so that we can lay it before him so that it's his to deal with, not the enemies to deal with. One saying that I don't love is that if you pray for patience, God will give you opportunities to be patient, but we don't see that reflected in, in scripture. God, the word said that God does not test our sin. He does not tempt us into sin. He tests our faith so that it may grow and that we would develop a larger shield of faith, but he tests our faith, does not tempt our sin. So truly the answer to becoming more patient is not opportunity to be more patient. It's sitting in the presence of the one who is slow to anger because there's a fruit that is produced when we immerse ourselves in the presence of God. And it's the fruit of the, of the spirit. It's peace, patient, kindness, goodness, that we don't have to choose. It overflows out of us. There's a difference there. It's evidence of Christ within us. And second is God allows that trial to expose who he is. The Lord met me there in my circumstance with grace and promise to walk with me, to equip me, to strengthen me. If I would just slow down and give him my time, if I would just hand over the burdens that I was allowing to just sit on my shoulders of all the fear and release control and all the worry of everything that I was carrying, he just wanted me to lay it at his feet and trust that he is good and he is in control. When we find ourselves in circumstances that we don't like in military life, I think that we find ourselves in those circumstances often, we can start to romanticize the next duty station or the next season. And we start to convince ourselves that the answer to our prayer is getting out of the circumstance that we're in. And we actually start putting our hope into the future and into a different circumstance instead of putting our hope in the father. The future cannot promise me to be better. The future cannot promise to be good. A different duty set station can't promise to solve all the problems of my marriage because our heart condition shows up wherever we go. What trial reveals is that God who is who he is in spite of our circumstances. There is joy to be found because joy is in the presence of the father. There's peace in our circumstance because the peace is found in the presence of God. So we can lose sight of that unshakable kingdom when we start looking at the future for relief, when it can promise us nothing. And I think that's the shift in our faith, understanding that the fullness of God is what grows deep roots of faith. When we can start to praise the Lord for who he is, for his goodness, for his sovereignty, for the peace that he is despite all things, for his grace and his faithfulness. Yes, God is a yes God. God gives good gifts to his children. 
But when we can make that shift and praise him, that's that full circle, the fullness of who he is, not just what he can do. That's when we begin to grow down roots of faith that build for us a firm foundation. The Lord is not toxically positive. He doesn't ask us to show up and not acknowledge the pain that we're in. The Bible says that God, that even Jesus asked the Lord to deliver him before he was crucified on the cross. He was grief stricken to the point of death. The Bible says that he was sweating, even blood. Um, and he asked God to take this cup, but then he surrendered to the will of God. But if not, let your will be done. So through the Lord, we're able to sit through both joy and sorrow. And I know that some of you are sitting in incredible sorrow. I don't know, or I won't even try to explain why you've had to encounter the grief or the pain that you have been faced to walk with in this life. I don't know that. But what I do know is this is why the resurrection matters. This is why it matters that Jesus is who he says he is, that he came for us and that our salvation is through him. Because when he died, not only did he take our, our sin and our punishment and reconciled us to the father, but he also took our burden. He willingly endured every single suffering that we would ever encounter, abuse to our bodies, betrayal by those we love, uh, wrongful accusation, innocent lives being taken. And when he took that and then rose from it, it revealed that we also have the hope and the ability to somehow sit in the middle of joy and pain. The pain may not go away. The circumstances may not change, but God is outside of those things and he can transform our heart, which is sometimes all we need in the middle of our circumstance. Military wife, I just encourage you today to lay your pain at his feet and ask him what it is that he is revealing to you about who he is and the condition of your heart in the middle of your circumstance. Remember that he allows trial because it produces us a maturity of faith. It produces perseverance and endurance of our faith. Faith, the Bible says that we would be mature and complete and lacking no good thing. Military wife, because your God is good and he loves you and he is with you right in the middle of whatever you're facing right now. And that is your hope on the home front. Thanks for tuning in. From our heart to yours, we hope that this podcast is your go-to place for encouragement on the home front. We would love to hear what your favorite takeaway was from this episode by having you take a screenshot and share it on your social media. Tag us at HFH underscore ministries or on Facebook at Homefront Heroes Ministries so we can get connected with you, get to know you more, and hear from you firsthand what specific encouragement you're looking for. This is home. This is the place to have the hard conversations. And until we chat next, get out there and find the joy.